Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I am now. Cool. Three, two, one. JB, Phil, can you hear me? I can. I can. Loud and clear, Tim. I can hear you, Tim. Um, oh, God, this is like, I'm, I feel like a TMO now. <laughs> uh, JB, um, I have receiving audio signal from Manchester. Uh, yes, yes, Tim, I can confirm you are receiving an audio signal from Manchester. Um, and I am, I am relaying to you audio from London. That's great, Tim. Uh, cheers, mates. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's do this then. Hands in, pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. pod. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. We love the game of rugby. We don't take it or ourselves too seriously. I'm Tim. I am in London. That, that's that's true. Uh, that's JB. Hello, Tim. And he is in the rugby dungeon in Manchester with Phil. Hello, Tim. So I suppose we should just say, yeah, this is a technical experiment we're doing at the moment. I was forced to be in London, but we, we, we you know, we want to let the boys pod. Indeed. And they want to hear us pod. Well, absolutely. More to the point. So, um, well, here's hoping this works because, well, for one thing, I think then we can start attracting A-list guests. Yeah, we can get our guests, which we used to have, back on the show. Damn right, damn right. We've got. A... Um, so, I'll, I'll just go through the logistics at this point. Of course, you you are listening to us probably on Acast or on iTunes or some other RSS feed or or whatever. Uh, listen to us there at Rugby Podcast. You can find us on Twitter and leave your reviews if you enjoy the podcast and you can take one minute of your day to leave us a review and a comment on iTunes, um, then I could be reading yours like I'm going to read Carnegie Riches, who says, this podcast is to me what Andy Good is to a rugby team. Oh, wow. Yeah. How, how, what does that mean? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure. He sort of goes on to say, I'm not entirely sure what it does, but somehow it makes me <laughs> more likeable and better. <laughs> oh, good. At least we're all equally confused then. <laughs> Uh, someone going by the name Not Miles Benjamin says this podcast. <laughs> not interested. Is... If it's not Miles yeah. Benjamin, I'm not interested. <laughs> not, not Miles Benjamin says this is majestic, graceful, beautifully sidestepping the tyrants like Alison Pollock that would look to oh. thwart. And Mini Farrar says in pro- probably the highest praise any podcast has ever received described the podcast as the Nick Mullins of podcasts. Wow, wonderful! That wow, that's just great. Nick Mullins came up with another great Nick Mullins phrase. I, I noticed in the uh, Wasps Saints game, he he just said after the Rob Miller try, "That's box office wasps." <laughs> <laughs> did you not? Did you hear? Did you hear his comment on um, Elliot Daly when he slotted a sixty-yard penalty? What did no. he say? He called him a long-distance lorry driver. Wow! <laughs> Which, so he started by saying long distance. And then was looking for something to go with that, and could only come up with lorry driver. How about and Ben K and Ben K and, uh, and Austin Healy found it very amusing. How about long distance artillery sheller? <laughs> that, that is much more accurate description yeah, of what he does. A, yeah. Yes, long distance artillery sheller. Yes, yeah. I reckon I'm going to jump straight into the action, boys. Anthony Watson's red on Friday night for Bath against Saracens. Discuss. Uh, uh, wow, interesting. Wow, opening it up for the forum. What's your take on it, Jay? My take is, it is the right decision. 
Now, okay. if you've listened to previous podcasts, you've probably heard of Pain Gates. This was the uh, horrible injustice meted out to Jared Payne. When, Hor- horrendous. Again, the same cheating Alex Goo threw himself <laughs> on his head just to win a red card. From six foot in the air. <laughs> From six foot in the air into the ground. Dived head first six foot into the air to give Jared Payne a red card a few minutes into the Ulster <sighs> Saracens uh, quarterfinal of the Heineken Cup a few years ago. Vile and cowardly. But uh, this is the big difference to me. I... Wasn't expecting that in the Ulster game. It was relatively new that no one was allowed to touch anyone in the air. And it wasn't really recognised so clearly. But now it's undisputable. If you touch someone in, in the air and they fall on their shoulder, or actually, and we'll come back to that in a second, um, that it has to be a red card. Now, the worst in mitigating circumstances, I don't think he was pushed into Alex Good, But I do think that when Ashton blocked into him, it stopped him from jumping up because you can't jump with the block. So I don't think Ashton pushed him in, pushed him into Alex Good, but I do think he he prevented elevation. And for that reason, I wouldn't have given him a red. I'd given him a yellow. Uh, interesting. What's your take, Tim? Because I've uh, consulted the law book uh, for this one. Oh, uh, you, you see, the, the law book. Uh, I would probably say, and this is kind of my issue of my takeaway from it all. The law book. Well done, referee and TMO. You made the correct decision. Um, but I don't like it because just put the law book to one side for one second. Okay, sliding put, it aside. Put um, what any sort of watching it from the outside or imagining what you'd do if you were the referee. Put all that to one side. Tell me, as a rugby player on the pitch, what your mindset would be if you were on the field and watching that. And you, just think as a player. How do you mean? As in the player attacking the ball? So what? All of it. The whole thing. The whole thing. So so for me, um, I think Jay made a very good point before. Because it is such an important thing and it's so prevalent at the moment, the the way that it's being officiated, Watson should have actually taken a yard off because he was always going to be second second to the ball. Even if he didn't didn't collide with Ashton, he was going to be second. So he should have taken a yard off and tackled uh, Goud as he hits the deck. So uh, I I actually... I don't actually have much sympathy. I think this will be a good learning point for Watson. Well, it depends. If he's going to jump, and I think he was going to jump, he was shaping to jump, but as soon as you're off balance, you can't jump, and that's why he went, went yeah. into him. But he was not blocked into him. I think that's an important distinction. Well, he, he, he was, is, but... The, right. So so my my first point... So go, half consulting the law book and half my, my intent. There's, there was two points that were made a lot on Twitter when people were arguing against yeah. this. The first one was um, it should have been a penalty against Ashton. Now... The law states shouldn't be a penalty against Ashton. If Ashton, if Ashton had changed his line or moved into him mm-hmm. or pushed him or tripped him or anything like that, it would be a penalty, but he didn't. Yeah. He ran a lazy line, yep. but he, he maintained on course. But, Phil, what about duty of care? Because I think that's a legitimate duty, duty of care issue, though. But he's not... He's, that's not in the law book. But there's... A duty, duty of care to Watson or to Good? To Good From he's, Ashton. Yeah, yeah, but Ashton Ashton can't predict what's going to yeah. happen. So but the, that's like Ashton, the Ashton Watson th- can't predict what's going to happen by jumping or running into him or that kind of thing. No, no. The Ashton thing is okay. Mm-hmm. So that shouldn't be taken into consideration. The other point, which had me banging my head against the wall, was the number of people who said there was no intent, it was a mistake, it wasn't deliberate, therefore it shouldn't be a penalty or shouldn't be a red card. That's kind of not the point, is it? That is completely not the point. I- intent is irrelevant. Uh, the referee is not there to judge on intent. What what is relevant is law ten point four e, which oh, is God. a player must not tackle an opponent whose feet are off the ground, and ten point four i, which is a player must not tackle nor tap, push or pull an opponent jumping for the ball in a line out or in open play. Yeah. Now well, there's been on that there's been further clarification from World Rugby. Uh, it was last June ahead of the World Cup, and that further clarification. It sets out very, very clearly what happens, and if it's an unfair challenge, there's no contest, no contest, and if the player lands on the head, neck, or shoulder, right, it's a red card. Good. Which right. so, according to the letter of the law, this is exactly right. Now I I can see your point, Tim, but when you say, um, have a little bit of empathy because it was because of the consequence of bumping into Ashton. Uh, you could possibly argue to downgrade it to a yellow card, but then the problem with that is it creates inconsistency. At the moment, there is complete consistency across yeah. across the the law. And do you know what? 
uh, at Dead Ball Area on Twitter made that. That's the point that that in in all the conversations we had a lot of it going on on Twitter. Uh, the one that I want to highlight there, oh, there's a couple actually, but um, Dead Ball Area said. You either have empathy, which is what I was yeah. calling for, try and think about what the players are doing. There's absolutely no intent. Accidents yeah. happen and you can't yes. you can't legislate against accidents. Yeah. Um, or you either have empathy or consistency. And given the choice, personally, I would have officiating, which is more in the spirit and more in the feel of what players are trying to do. And even if that means at the expense of a bit of consistency. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I kind of agree with that. I think rugby should be one of the hardest games on earth to be red-carded. It, it should be almost like you'd almost have to commit an act of genocide if, if, um, <laughs> if you want a red card. Uh, because, you know, we all talk about inclusivity, but we don't really mean it. You know, we want players to act, to, uh, to act a certain way, etc., etc. But actually... The last thing, thing you want is players being red-carded for what I can see as a misdemeanour. It, uh, it is a dangerous game. I want it to stay a dangerous game because that's what makes it fun. Uh, so I've got a bit of a problem with the card in general. But I also have two massive problems. First was Ashton. Not his block, but when Good lands on his head, he celebrates. Have you seen that? No, I don't... He, throw, no. he throws one arm up in the air and goes, hooray! <laughs> and then he, pull, then he pulls the hand down and he goes, oh no! <laughs> and then runs over and, and pushes Watson, which is absolutely hysterical. You thought he wasn't appealing? I, I read uh, it as an appeal and then a push. I, 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 I saw it. Mate. I like yours better, Jamie. <laughs> This is the difficulty with judging intent, isn't yeah. it? Because you're judging that he intended to appeal. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm thinking now he's either saying hurrah, uh, hurrah or uh, huzzah or something like, like, like that. Something <laughs> rousing. Now, the second one was the communication with the ref. Uh, uh, Jeff, Jeff. Uh, yes, yes, Jeff. Now, can I just clarify something, Jeff? Um, my head and my shoulder is my head and my shoulder. I have, it's not landing on the head and the shoulder area. You're just adding extra words for no extra yeah, value. The TMO said, uh, he clarified, he said, was it on the head or the shoulder? And the TMO said, well, it was the shoulder. And he went, yeah, so the head and the shoulder, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I... no, no, it's worse than that, Tim. It was head and shoulder area. Now, <laughs> my head and my shoulder aren't in my head and my shoulder area. They're in my head and my shoulder. If there, was a, if there was a wasp flying around that location, that would be the head and the shoulder area. So I, I really want them to stop this. Yeah, for, I, I thought that was an unusual way because it was almost like the ref was trying to air to, more towards a red card. Yeah. Because like, the head is obviously more dangerous. But according to the, the law clarification, it doesn't actually matter. It's the head, shoulder or neck. So it's any of those and it's uh, deemed to be a red card. Yep. So I, I, I don't really have a problem with it. I thought it could go either way, really. Well, I, I right. So I, agree, I understand, right, that that what's been laid out. And I, I read this, um, this message as well. Said, uh, read hundred percent. The brief from World Rugby is clear. Watson collided with a player in the air without having a view of or intention to go for the ball. His collision still caused the player to dangerously crash to ground. Red was therefore the right call. Yeah. Um, intention isn't taken into account, yeah. uh, just like Warburton's red in the 2011 World Cup. Scandal. Um, <laughs> which I, I understand. So by the letter of the law, it works. Yeah. My, my point is a bit more, and going back to last week's podcast where I was talking about feelings and like hippie, <laughs> hippie rugby versus <laughs> statistics and, and fact. And all I'm saying is, that's fine, and I accept that by the letter of the law and by the standards that have been set and the precedents that have been set, that's a red card. However, and this is the phrase I used, robot, robot, and I feel a bit more like JB um, on today's podcast. I feel like I'm the one where, J, where, where I would have expected JB to be. Robotic letter of the law application of rules will lead to a slow decline towards behavioural decision-making, yeah. and it's empathy that keeps rugby rugby. Uh, yeah, I, t I tend to, I tend to agree with that. Uh, it's like the more rigid the rules and the higher the stakes, the more, uh, and not the teacher's behaviour, but the more behaviour you see to circumvent the rules. You see it all the time now, whether it be diving on the floor or I'll give you one. I'll give you one, Chris Cook. Now, I've got two words for Chris Cook: petulant brat. 
<laughs> uh, Who, who's more petulant, Ashton or Cook? That's oh, a good Cook, question. Cook by a million miles. I mean, watching Cook, I was on the edge of my seat all night because every time he gets near a ruck, he can't help but put his feet on someone. Every time. Uh, yeah, he did a little tap dance on Mako, didn't he? Yeah, but they're not like a... You know, you, you can't stamp anymore. You can't rake. So putting your foot on someone is just... It's, it's silly. It's really silly. And then he'll stand bolt upright, face the referee, and scream in his face. And he does it multiple times, ignoring the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw him do this a few weeks ago. And uh, he's just... He, he's going to cost his team. I mean, he did co- cost his team. Uh, was that because of the tip tackle? Yes. Yeah. T- so yellow already down to fourteen men, and then shortly after he gets a yellow card for a tip tackle. It's not going to be long until this lad gets yellow carded just for the way that he talks to refs. Mm. Guarantee you. Well, I hope so. Him. Yeah. That, that's that's what I'd like to see a bit more of because, like, again, like no one who um, no fo- ex football pro watching the game now, some of those legends of the game from the sixties or seventies, none of them did what footballers do now. Fans don't didn't do what footballers do now. It, it, you don't notice it happening. It doesn't. You don't wake up one day and suddenly the game's different. Yeah. You, just, you I, wake up. You wake up ten years from now and go, what What has happened? And I'm uh, just. I'm. I'm looking ten years down the line and thinking, where will rugby be? And do you know what's worse, Tim? In football, at least they could blame it on long-haired foreigners. But in, in the Premiership, <laughs> there's not a single Frenchman playing. We can't even blame it on the French. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, no, no Brazilians. No Brazilians. No nothing. There's a couple of Argentinians, I guess. Yeah, but they're, blame, not, they're not the worst for diving. Blame, well, it, blame it on Ayerzo. We'll blame it all yeah, on Marcus Ayerzo and Marcelo. Marcus Ayerzo is a disgrace. He's, he's... <laughs> the, the root of the problem. Um, so, I, well, let us know what you think at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. <laughs> I understand both sides of the view, but maybe mine's a little bit more of a hippie-ish and and not actually a, a sort of based on fact or. Uh, yeah. Do you know what I? I think. I, I think the concept behind refing should be like an old boys club. So do you know, like, oh, he's done something wrong. Uh, we'll cover that up. Slap on the arse. Off, uh, um, off you go. <laughs> we want old boy, old boys club standard of refing. We don't want everyone to be accountable all the time, and we certainly don't want things like transparency <laughs> or consistency. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to distance myself from those comments. Uh, Marcus Watson's comment was brilliant, wasn't it? His tweet. I've got no idea. Uh, Marcus Watson, brother of Anthony, tweeted, "Get him off. He's rubbish anyway." <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it is funny when Rippy brothers go at it uh, um, on Twitter. Uh, John Fox Davis, brother of sorry, not John Fox Davis. What's his name? Jonathan Davis's brother. Oh yeah, the other one, uh, the Fox. Yeah. Anyway, him. Uh, Jonathan Davis tweets that he that he's late getting a plane back. Claim plane black back. Okay. Okay. <laughs> plane back from Claremont to which his brother text uh, the family won't miss you anyway <laughs> did you see um, did you see uh, Sam Warburton's dad's tweet this week no. after no? Car- Cardiff uh, had a great win away at the Scarlets well, he did and uh, I think is it Jez Warburton his, his old man uh, tweeted to say he deserves some extra pocket money after a performance like that because <laughs> uh, usually on his um, on his tweets uh, aimed at having a, only one son Despite having twins, <laughs> <laughs> my favourite son playing for Wales again. <laughs> my only son. Scratch that. Deleted tweet. I think we should definitely say and, and that in no way does the discussion about Anthony Watson's red card or or whatever or Chris Ashton or, or Chris Cook or anything else take away from the fact that it had nothing to do with the outcome of that match. Saracens were oh. dominant. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I said this to Phil yesterday. I'm going to say it to you, Tim. I want, I want you to disagree with me and argue. Alex Good, the best all-round rugby player in the Premiership. Best all-round. He could definitely... He's got a good kicking game. Mm-hmm. His, his handling skills are outstanding. Aren't they just? He is so he, good. He's an intelligent player. I I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's a um, an analogy with this, but basically, I think he's the best. He, he is up there as the best players in the Premiership, but it just for some reason he can't translate that to international rugby. Well, I don't think he's really had much of a chance yet. But every time I watch him, I'm more impressed. His footwork is good. His running is good. Uh, just everything about him is distribution is a skills. Player. I, I would if if we had um, 
Tuilagi in the in the England back line with a bit more of a battering ram, then I, I can see an argument for for the distribution skills of Alex Good. I, I can also see that argument. I, I've said it before. If you're picking a Lions team, if you have Jamie Roberts in the centre. It, that, that's almost an argument to pick uh, Alex Good because his distribution skills and the way he comes in and acts as a second receiver uh, and a second kicker as well is superb. Yeah. He really makes Saracens tick because he can just enter the line any, anywhere. He can attack from anywhere. Just a brilliant, brilliant player. He does have the advantage of playing in that Saracens team, which is absolutely exceptional. Yeah, but even when he's playing in bad Saracens teams during the Six Nations, we we saw him out in USA. Yeah. And he just makes everything, you know, he just makes everything, everyone around him better. Again, that was against London Irish, but yeah, yeah. that was against, I mean, Brad Barrett plays superbly for Saracens. Mm. Absolutely superb. Integral to the way they play, but I wouldn't want him back in an England shirt. No, but but there there is more argument for Alex Good to be in an England shirt, definitely. And he's, he, 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 well, on, on form, you'd have to think he's going to make the a sort of prem, a Premiership Team of the Year without a doubt. He's been outstanding. Yeah, he, yeah. he, w- he won't be far off certainly. Um, I wonder whether, but of course, we mentioned if Manu Tulagi is in the England team uh, in the centre, but of course that's not happening now because Ben Teo is going to be. Uh, <laughs> I think that's guaranteed now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, the story broke this week that that. It looked like Eddie Jones is going to pick Ben Teo for the England tour to Australia. And there's, I'd say it's one of those where there's so much speculation about this that it's, it's more likely going to happen than not. Well, the way I'm reading it is um, we know that Eddie Jones has had one-on-one chats with a huge number of players, like players that weren't involved in the squad, players like uh, Luther mm. Burrell, like Tom Wood, like Tom Youngs, um, in order, uh, Danny Cipriani, Wigglesworth, guys who aren't there but need to do a little bit extra and could potentially be on the radar if circumstances change. I'm reading into this that it's kind of like that chat. It's a, you're kind of on our radar, you're not a definite, um, but we're considering it and here's what you'd have to do to get in. But the way that it's been reported in the press is very much like you say, Tim, that he's almost on the plane. Yeah, it, it, I thought he had 50 caps by, by Wednesday. <laughs> uh, well, come on, come on, JB, right? So, well, well, I need to see if, it. If it happens, if it happens, then you have got a little bit of humble pie to eat because I've been mentioning Ben Teo there is in no England terms way. for a while I, and you've been... I'm not even sure you've seen Ben Teo play. Um, <laughs> uh, we all wait and see. We all wait and see. My, my... Well, I'll, I'll keep. I've made the humble pie. It's in a dish. You can warm it up. Uh, <laughs> my my whole my whole thing about this, I would be pretty surprised because I've not seen a huge amount of Bente. I've seen him play for Leinster quite like half a dozen times, say. And he's a he's a big boy. He's a strong ball carrier. He's got a decent offloading game. I don't think he's got a great distributing or he's not a great kicking game. Um, for me, he's very similar to to Luther Burrell who's already been in and around the England squad, is uh, three or four years younger than Ben Teo. Um, and so it's kind of like, why would you... You've got 1A and 1B, one of whom who's already been involved in England. Why would you change? I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think I know the answer to that. Okay. And that is that the... It's, it's actually nothing to do with Eddie Jones. It's the guys at board level in the RFU have seen how well things are going with Eddie Jones and realise that when things go wrong, they're going to need a scapegoat ah. and a, cr- a code-crossing centre. Perfect. It's like the perfect scapegoat. In fact, I, I expect Worcester will play him at six. <laughs> yeah, jo- uh, Josh, Josh Charney's going to flirt between uh, number two and number 15. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what I've heard. That's an interesting signing, isn't it, for Sale Sharks, Josh Charnley? He's a great signing. I've been saying for a long time I'd like to see Josh Charnley play rugby union. I think he's got all the attributes, nice, powerful, very, very quick. And most importantly, he plays on the wing, which is where the majority of success has happened. So, yeah. a really good signing, actually. It's, it's interesting. I seem to think of him as very similar. It might just be the tattoos and the crap hair, mm. but uh, very similar <laughs> to, to Jack Noel. He's got oh, kind yeah. of, he's got similar build, similar very similar height and weight. Has he really? I thought he's a lot bigger than Jack Noll. No, no. He's not about six. No, two. he's not. He's quite slight. Well, he's got like pipe pipe cleaner legs and uh... I've seen him wearing ridiculously tight jeans. <laughs> he's um no very very similar height and weight. Um he's in in, in league he plays centre and wing, same as Jack Noll. Mm-hmm. Um one thing he does as well is he kicks sticks. Yes, he does. And his try scoring rate uh, look on his Wikipedia page now. 
According to this, he's he's scored 149 tries in 147 appearances for Wigan Warriors. Problem is with rugby league, as great as it is, and as wonderful as the Super League is, the fact of the matter is, only about five people play it. So (laughs) it's relatively easy for athletes that shouldn't really be very good at professional sport to get right to the top of rugby league. Now, there are some uh, very, very uh, noticeable exceptions to um, to this rule but for, for the majority of players that come from league to union it goes downhill rapidly and it even goes downhill when they return back to league uh, Lee, uh, Lee Smith Carl Price Lee Smith is a great example yeah um, I'm trying to think trying to, trying, to, trying to think of some more now um, but I Jason Robinson Israel Falau yeah well uh, yeah, <laughs> Brad well, that, Thorne that's different isn't it because that's NRL so in that case, you've got the opposite situation where everybody plays rugby league and not very many play play rugby union. So you will get Brad Thorne in the Israel Flow. But from the Super League itself, I don't think the talent pool is as rich as we think. Uh, so it is an interesting argument because you, you look at the towns that play, like Warrington, 100,000 people. Yeah. St. Helens, 80,000 people. Like Wigan, 80,000. Like they're, they're small towns. Exactly. Hull, uh, <laughs> Hud- Huddersfield, Castleford. He's definitely got a little bit of X Factor there, Josh Charlie, so it'll be interesting. It will. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be very interesting. Hmm. But, uh, before we move on and discuss any more games, um, I think uh, we should do this because one of the things that's been bubbling away online for a good week or so now is how dreadful the Batman versus Superman movie is. I know. I've not seen this yet. Have, have you seen it? I haven't seen it, but I've seen how horrific the reviews are. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I don't understand what the plot could be because it seems like the the, the worst mismatch um, ever. Like one's a, a mortal man and one's a superhuman. Yeah, uh, always confuses me with Superman. Why does he strain when he lifts when he lifts a planet? I mean, you can either lift a planet or you can't lift the planet. <laughs> what, is it nearly too heavy for him? <laughs> it's right on the edge of what he can lift. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, he can only lift one of the half planets. Or can yeah, he and just he strains just as much when he's, like, catching a bus <laughs> putting it back on a bridge. Yeah, you know, I, either or, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's a horrific mismatch. <laughs> um, but anyway, the film's meant to be terrible. And it, it, uh, it got us, particularly you, JB, thinking about undynamic duos <laughs> duos that on paper look like they should be to quote Nick Mullins box office um, but actually turn out to be more flop undynamic duos yeah I've been I've been thinking long and hard long and hard and actually most of them seem to pop up in Gloucester which is fairly, <laughs> relatively interesting got two from Gloucester got one from one one from one from the Ospreys so I'll kick off the best duo that I've ever heard of who actually turned out to be absolutely terrible Hook and Henson. Ah. On paper, looked superb. Intelligent Actu- playmaker, like Henson, great defence exactly. as well. Oh, that's, I mean, that, yeah, you'd think that's going to be tries galore for people outside them. Uh, absolutely horrendous. <laughs> we didn't win a single thing. I'm not even sure that they won a, weren't a Pro 12. And if you can't win the Pro 12, really, I mean, <laughs> you've, got to be, you've got to be thinking of a new career. What about a duo, same position then, but very, very different style of play, but undynamic duo, Barrett and Burgess in the centre for England? Ooh, Ooh that's interesting, because I'm not sure you'd call them like the... That, that's not a box office pairing. Well, um, they both... So before that pairing, they both won their respective leagues the previous season. Like uh, Burgess won the NRL with, yep. with the Roosters and... Uh, Barrett had won the Premiership with Saracens, but actually on paper you had a big question mark about that already at the start, didn't you? So yeah, yeah, maybe, 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 maybe that doesn't qualify on that one. So one one that I had, um, it's not really box office, but on paper one of the heaviest possible prop pairings imaginable. Go uh, on, for Sale Sharks a couple of years ago. Oh, oh yes, Avion Lewis Roberts and Tony Tony Buckley. Tony Buckley. <laughs> Nearly, nearly forty-five stone of man. This can't get yeah. wrong, can it? This, this must destroy everything in front of it. And no, it was penalties galore, reversing lights. Neither of them. It's like having two Tom Francis's on so, your on your pitch. Tony Buckley was the most head scratching player I have ever seen. I mean, it, it was a mystery to me how how the man made an actual career. Oh, Steve yeah. Diamond signed him for a lot of money. Did he? 
Yes. Ugh. A lot of money. Steve Diamond doesn't get many things wrong, but in the, on, on, <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll give you one very, very similar. Hibbard and a foa. An all black and a Six, Na- Six Nations tra- champion. And lion. Start, lion. And a, yeah, start, starting lion. And a World Cup winner. Yeah. Uh, sadly, they didn't check that they uh, scrimmage the same way. In fact, they scrimmage completely differently to, to each other. <laughs> yeah, yes. that was a bad one. That was a bad one. I've got another one as well for Bath this season. On paper, how good did it look that they were strengthening with Matawalu and Priestland? Right, okay. Right, right. no, no. Um, <laughs> yes, bringing Matawalu in. So Matawalu and Ford, two of the most exciting like nine and tens in the game. Matawalu, yes, I get excited. And, and Priestland, and Priestland on paper they brought in because they thought we've got an international class fly half when our international I... fly half isn't there and he was never there. I have seen <laughs> I have seen car crumple zones that are more resistant to contact than Reese Priestland. <laughs> I, rem- I remember watching him against the Springboks a few years ago and he was he was cowering. He was like crouching down and covering his head when when Bucky's both was running at him. I will give you that. It is box office and I, I suppose if you look at his pay packet you go this guy must be world class. Nothing could be further from the truth. <laughs> Nothing. That's, yeah, that, that's probably the best one yet. <laughs> Priestland and Masawalu. Come on, then beat that then. Uh, I don't. Have I got one more? You have got one more that you mentioned to me. Uh, I can't remember. The Saviours of London Irish. Go who's who's going to steer the London? Uh, not London Irish. London Welsh ship. Oh yes, of course. England international. Uh, one of the youngest capped England players and All Black World Cup winner, Piri Whipu and Ollie Barkley. Who's going to want to play against those two boys? <laughs> this is lethal. Oh, oh, it is lethal. You've gone down. And outside them... Uh, Tim Molnar and well, Tom May. Yeah, Tom May, uh, Northampton, Newcastle, <laughs> England and Toulon centre. Wow. Uh, my favourite ever interview of rugby... Um, directors of rugby was Justin B- B- Burnell and he was in like a five-way discussion with others. And I think just out of sympathy, one of the others said, oh, well, you won't want to go up against that back line, Whippu, Barkley, Molnar and May. I was like, I absolutely would. <laughs> I absolutely would. What about the, um, you know, Gloucester had that transitional period where they had a, a frightening pack back in the Phil Vickery days. Yes. And uh, and then they sort of went off the boil a bit. So I can't remember who was the head coach at the time. The Welsh chap, was it? I'm not sure. Uh, oh, Nigel, Nigel, someone. Nigel Davies, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or Evans. Anyway, or Jones, I know what I'll it? do. I'll spend a load of money on my second row. I'll get England international, but well over it, past it. Can't can no longer do the job. Tom Palmer, and um, and the ruck inspector, the anchor, the physical second rows ever, James <laughs> Hudson. That was so. That was a similar time uh, when they had the the two winger, the two former rugby league wingers. Oh yeah, no, they're the worst pairing of all time. Uh, that's Car- it Carl Price and Leslie Vinacolo that's the worst pairing of all time uh, in- the most undynamic duo yeah they, they were both enormous absolutely massive scored loads of tries in rugby league and then came over to Union and did nothing yeah because they saw it work at Leicester with with Ram- with Ram- Rambini and what's his name Tualangi yeah uh, and yeah. they thought well we'll just have uh, well, well we'll just do exa- exactly the same thing no horrific I'm so Carl Price uh, went to Gloucester in 2006 after a pretty successful uh, Good career, career with Bradford. So 2006, he was at Gloucester. How old is he now? Oh, um, I'm going to say he is 31. And I'm going to say he played at Wigan. And then he probably went to... I'm gonna, I want to say somewhere like Wakefield. Uh, so he was originally at Bradford. He was. He's only twenty nine now. Oh my god! He's younger than me. So he had. Oh god, this is ridi- ridiculous. Yeah, he's only twenty nine. Younger than me. Right. So what's he doing with his life? Uh, Jewsbury in uh... working in Asda. <laughs> Asda Jewsbury. Yeah. Yeah. God, he's six seven and nineteen and a half stone. He's six seven. He's enormous. I had no. Idea. I don't think he's a winger though, is he? Bigger than the Dolo. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's a winger. Like his brothers, of uh, Leon Price, is a, is a very good standoff. Yeah. Um, what exactly he is? I, I, well, what is he, Phil? Listed as a wing centre, and I, I remember when he was playing for Bradford, he, he was a wing. He started. Was he? Yeah. Huh. Anyway, that is definitely the worst duo. <laughs> the best worst duo. 
since Batman versus Superman. Yeah, and the impressive thing about that, they could win the best worst duo, and I could, and they could win the worst worst duo. <laughs> so, uh, dual awards there. Uh, getting back to the rugby, did you see Wasps Saints? Yes, yes. That, that's that's pretty much in the Premiership. That's the that's the top three pretty much settled. Not necessarily in that position, but those three will make it to the to the playoffs. Yeah, the the gap between third place and fourth place just looks too big to, too big to bridge now. And so well, third third and fifth, but yeah, Saracens are now confirmed in the top four. They are Northampton can't catch them. Um, from that game, talking points, Wasps. Miller was Miller was superb, deserved man of the match, two tries. Mm-hmm. It was and interesting that Kurt, the sort of Curtly Beale chat has yeah. piped down a little bit, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, that's because they're making cap room or room full stop for David Pocock, I imagine. Well, and no. we heard he might go to Bristol. That can't be right, can it? Surely not. That'd be that'd be a travesty. There's also talk he'll just do a Jamie Roberts and play varsity. Oh. Ah, yes. Yeah, that'd be interesting and not play rugby because he's 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 one calendar year rather than one because it's a uh, Super Rugby is missing, so he's missing one calendar yeah. year rather than which spans two Premier. Oh, seasons. imagine how much he'll clean up at uni! Oh my <laughs> word! What like gardening and stuff? You mean no, yeah. Jack Jacqueline, <laughs> Jacqueline over the ball. Oh right, yeah, okay. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I meant. <laughs> the poor old Varsity fans in um, uh, well, I say poor old. I mean, there's nothing poor about them. Um, uh, in you know, watching Oxford versus Cambridge. First of all, they get. Uh, Jamie Roberts, who only makes three yards. And if you don't know about rugby, you're not going to enjoy watching David Pocock play. If you're just a complete <laughs> a complete newbie, you just see this guy ruining rucks. Yeah. And, you know, every time he goes near a ball, there's a whistle go off. <laughs> You'll appreciate the, the pure specimen of a rugby player that he is. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, um, I guess you will. Uh, so I've heard Bristol is the latest one, but I hope it's Wasps. Wasps would be very good to replace George Smith, who's now confirmed to Japan. Is he going to Japan? I told you again? that last week, boys. <laughs> yeah, confirmed. Did you get that off Neil Fissler? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not off him. That's where I get all of my information from. Um, that's where he. Well, that's he gets all his information off me. So in a roundabout <laughs> way, you get all your information off me. Uh, makes sense. Uh, I, watching George Smith play today, there's no way he should be going anywhere other than other than a top level club. N- no way, unless he just wants to fill fill up his bank account a little bit more. But yeah. he was so good today. Oh, he was superb. First receiver, stealing ball. Uh, t- two assists, or certainly one assist, uh, and then very instrumental in, in um, Miller's first try. Yeah. Mm. He's uh, one of those players you, who, you'll, who you'll, it's just a privilege to watch, quite frankly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, our, our, our mate Nick Mullins um, moving across to Exeter, who also uh, pretty much nailed on for the play- their, their, their first playoffs. Um He's, he made a great tweet, obviously reference to the podcast as well and all the talk we've given the Exeter cock tap. He just said, uh, after a hat-trick each, Thomas Waldron and Ollie Woodburn must be struggling to walk today. Oh, Hashtag cock tap. That's going to hurt. <laughs> it's going to hurt. Now that, so it's not like, so after a really vigorous cock, ta- cock tapping, yeah. you're going to be like a little bit sore. It's not like they, they ease off after the second and third tries. <laughs> they, they only get more. On, on Waldron's third try... He would, yeah. As he slid over the line, he got up. Onto, no, well, he got he got up onto his hands and knees, and while he was on his hands and knees, someone came like a doggy style cock tap between the legs. <laughs> it's going to get to such a situation soon that they're going to be offloading before they score tries. Yeah. Straight running, they're going to call over their mates. <laughs> no, you you take looking for contact five yards from the try line. <laughs> Oh dear! That, uh, we we always get a tweet from uh, Exeter Chiefs official account as well. Whenever Thomas Waldrum scores a try, because we we used to talk about Thomas Waldrum a lot, and and ever since then we've sent them a they send us a tweet toot toot for every try. They actually sent us a tweet yesterday saying toot 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 toot. Yeah, Good. it's it's five in three, five in two games for yeah. for Waldrum. Who is top for a, try- from a for a combined four and a half yards? <laughs> Who is top try scorer at the moment in the Premiership? Thomas Waldrum is he? Yeah. So two years on the bounce. I can't believe Leicester let him go. I really can't. Oh, he's just... Although I can't believe Leicester didn't use him in the right way. Did you see? Interestingly, in that match, so Woodburn and uh, Waldrum hat tricks. Do you see who got man of the match? No, Jack Noel. Oh, did he? Yeah, playing at fullback. Yeah, because. Yeah, um, uh, who went off in the first five minutes? Uh, Dolman. Dolman. Dolman went off after five minutes, um, and Short came on. So who do you, who is the smart money on now to get the, to get fourth place? Leicester. 
Uh, Leicester are there. Leicester are four points clear of Northampton now. And Leicester play Northampton. That's a, just a massive game. But I think it's at Leicester, so... Yeah, and anyone yeah. who who's then beneath Northampton? Uh, Quinn's one point. And then Sale. Yeah, Quinn's one point off and then four points to Sale. Who have a game in hand. So Sale aren't going to... Well, if, if they win their game in hand, they're on the same number of points as Quinn's. Yeah, one point off right. Northampton. And Quinn's are how far off? Uh, five points off top four. Do you think it's it's Saints or Leicester? It's got to be one I, of those I, two. Judging on Leicester's comeback performance, I, I know um, Gloucester were leading for quite a lot of the game, but some of the, the rugby that Leicester played was absolutely superb. Uh, Tuolagi looks like he's back to his best. Yeah. Be- Beatham and Toulouse Vianu and uh, Gonover are tearing it up out wide. I, I thought... I think Leicester should should claim that fourth spot. Yeah, Leicester definitely the more intimidating prospect for the top three. I don't think Northampton offer any kind of threat whatsoever to, to those top clubs. No, I would agree with that. I think Leicester could possibly turn over the top three, but I wouldn't say that Northampton could. Although, what I would say again is, when I look at teams and, and where they could be a, a few years from now, Northampton have got some frighteningly good young Cropper players, they're like their four props. Yeah, their four frontline props are all like twenty-two or under. Yes, they are, uh, and this is an interesting one because I don't think they're going to keep these young props. Sometimes it's a bit of a curse that the props get recognised too early, too soon. Yeah. Um, because, for instance, Hill is on the bench now. Hill's agent is going to be knocking on the door saying, "You need to pay th- pay this lad more," uh, because, well, he's an England England, he's international, England international and he's a prop. Yeah. Now, Northampton are going to have to. Con- uh, concede to that to a certain extent uh, but then how do you make the money spread for him and Brooks and you know the next guy and the next guy it's going to be really difficult to keep them all in fact Northampton it'd have been better for them if Jones never picked uh, Hill in the first place yeah maybe no, I, I would actually like to see Hill uh, having a starting place somewhere I'd love to see he needs a, a boy his age 2021 20, he needs Game time. I don't think it really matters that much because there's so much, so much, so much rotation. Well, there was a lot of talk when Henry Thomas. Uh, there's a lot of well. Oh, Henry and Thomas. And I can see this. There, there's a, a lot of talk that Henry Thomas played too much because because Sale had players like Tony Buckley who were useless. <laughs> he ended up playing every single week. I tell you what, at the, age, at the age he was, there's a lot of talk that that's had a negative effect on his. On no, his... I, I I watched Henry Thomas um, on Friday and. I couldn't be less impressed, actually. I mean, uh, since leaving Sale, I feel he's just gone downhill at a rate of knots. He was so impressive at Sale for for patches, to be fair. But in uh, in Bath, he's just a penalty machine. Yeah, he's. A, I think he might even be the most yellow carded player in the entire Premiership this season. I think he. I think he is. That was mentioned very yeah. recently. And for a man that doesn't play that much, it's um, you know, it, it's not a particularly good statistic. Mm. <laughs> So yeah, not not very impressed. Yeah. Um. What was I going to pick up on? Um. Oh yeah, yeah. Tweet we got to at Rugby Podcast from Tom James, who says, uh, "How can you knock the Pro 12?" And he's mainly aiming this at you, JB. Oh, okay. Scarlets v Blues. There was more talent on show than in a Victoria's Secrets catalogue. Yeah. That's a <laughs> self-promotion from Tom James to to say that, isn't it? Uh, the Tom James. He started on the wing for Cardiff. Well, no, no, I, I'm not sure. Unconfirmed reports whether that was just someone who happened to be called Tom James. Or I saw it, it actually. Uh, made me made me giggle a little. Um, I actually saw some of this game, and it was interesting. But you know, to be fair, it's kind of like watching. Um, it's kind of like watching two under 19s teams, two development teams. Uh, it, it was good to watch, but it wasn't. I wouldn't class it as particularly ser- serious rugby. Um, like a few interesting things from it. Sam Warburton has lost not only lost his international seven shirt, but he's also lost his club seven shirt now. So he's, he's playing, starting at six. He's playing, yeah, playing at six for Cardiff. Um, there was a lot of young talent on display. Um, uh, the Scarlets fly half, who's very, very highly rated, um, and also it was quite interesting to see Reese Patchell play because I have no idea what the intention is for him. They're going to bring him over to uh, Scarlets to play ten, but Scarlets look like they've already got a good ten. Uh, so yeah, it was interesting-ish, but it, you know, it doesn't really compare to the to the Premiership, unfortunately. I, I'd say that there's probably a better adjective, or well, I don't know what adjective or whatever. What, uh, there's a better word to describe the Ulster Connacht game um, than interesting. I would have thought, Phil. 
Um, yes, uh, important, vital win. Vi- vital win if uh, Ulster harbour any ambition of reaching the top four. And did they win? They did win. They oh. beat, beat Connacht, beat, uh, according to JB, the only real rugby the team. Only, yeah, exactly. So for a non-rugby team to beat a real rugby team, that's, uh, <laughs> that's quite an achievement, isn't it? It's a hell of an impressive result in my book. Yeah. Uh, this is like this was the best weekend of Pro 12 outside of the derbies over Christmas, which is a really good weekend or a couple of weekends of Christmas. But it kind of, to me, also highlights exactly what the weakness is in, in the Pro 12. And Johnny um, Sexton also showed up really well um, after, you know, we gave him loads of stick in his last full game when he's playing for Ireland and being a bit of a coward with his uh, appealing and all the Very rest of it. Very cowardly indeed. Didn't like um, it one bit. But he's a hell of a player. He's a hell of a player and he scored every one of the points as Lentz to beat Munster. Uh, and Johnny Holland for Munster scored every one of their points. It was the Sexton versus Holland show in a 16-13 Victory for for Leinster. (laughs) Nice, nice. Uh, There is actually a real chance in the Pro 12 that only one Welsh team will qualify for Europe. Uh, Well, they're guaranteed one spot, aren't they, for the Champions Cup? Um, Yeah, and I think that's basically what's going to happen. So there'll be probably three three Irish. So everyone's guaranteed one. So you get uh, one from four, one Scottish, one Irish, one Welsh, one Italian. Yeah. And then... (laughs) Then the top, t- the next two uh, kind of runners up uh, get the spot. So if it finished tomorrow, it would be uh, Connor and Ulster would be those those two taking those final spots. So uh, yeah, there would would be only one in yeah, Welsh. Quite incredible, quite incredible. There's an extra place for whichever league wins the Cham- Challenge Cup. Yes, that's a good point, actually. So Connor have got a chance of that. I think Edinburgh still have a chance, and probably Gloucester, they normally go for that. Yeah. Uh, the well, winner of that gets a place in the Champions Cup by right. Yeah. Uh, shall we do our predictions for next week? Are we well, just quickly, let me stage? just run through the, the this week's basketball scores as well. Oh, please do. <laughs> did, the did, basketball scores, Lions 37, Crusaders 43. Did anyone see, did anyone see that <laughs> Brum, game? Uh, Brumbies 23, Chiefs 48, uh, Kings 33, Sunwolves 28. Did anyone see the Crusaders Lions game? Yes, I did. Can I, my, my observations on that, Phil, before you jump in. Um, all, all you saw in that game, executing two on ones, London Irish, watch and take notes. Yes. Forwards offloading the ball behind the game line. JB, this is why I'm talk. This is why I talk so much about offloads and how devastating they are. I in love the- offloads. Wales. Um, but also, who gives a damn about defence? <laughs> Uh, no, sorry, I can't, I can't, I can't get, get, I can't get on board with that one bit. Oh, it's exciting! Eighty points scored in a game, very exciting. No, it's mackerel fishing. A trick for Ryan, Cro- <laughs> uh, Ryan Crotty. I'm a big game fisherman, not a mackerel that, fisherman. That McNichol looks a hell of a player, doesn't he? Yeah, good turn of pace. Uh, and also, do you see the turn and pace on the Lions reserve hooker, Van der Merwe? Yeah, Armand Van yeah. der Merwe. His try was incredible, gassed in from about 40 metres. I've also got another observation about Super Rugby, and that is our boys, the Haguares. They were yep. they were once again playing incredible rugby, gallant losers with nice stash. They are Scotland. Uh, <laughs> no, they are not. Um, right. Good rugby, nice stash, uh, nice stash, but always gallant losers. That yeah, like yeah, but they're hardly pasty and live on you know basic, basic processed white food, <laughs> um, steak and red wine. Only yeah, the- only steak and re- steak, red wine, absolute playboys. Nothing like Scotland. But I do get the analogy about playing good rugby and it not coming off. The, the biggest difference, though, would be Scotland are incredibly well coached, and I'm not sure these guys get coached <laughs> at all. <laughs> right, you got your boots, boys. Yep, off you go. Maybe you'll beat well, this professional team. Maybe you won't. Watching the Super Rugby, aka basketball, JB, I just thought that the play was razor sharp. Oh, oh, wow. Where, where could we, where could we be, be, be going from here? Oh, cornerstone. The, the, the razor for only the most ch- chiselled jaws. Um, do, do, do you have your read, Tim? I know what I'm doing with with Cornerstone. I'm I'm a I'm a fully signed up ambassador for them. I, I love it. So we, it, they're a mail order shaving company, which recently at the GQ Awards beat Gillette and beat Wilkinson Sword as the world's best razor. 
and justifiably so because having used it and we all became customers of them um we know just how good they are and because we were customers we managed to swing a deal for ourselves and for you with 10 pounds off your very first order um and just for an order as little as four pounds you get a free engraved with your initials or whatever else you choose aluminium shaft and boys there's no feeling like having that shaft in your hand is no there, there really isn't there Perf- really isn't perfectly balanced shaft yeah i like to wait until i'm on my own before i get my shaft in my hand <laughs> exactly straight um straight to your door no no obligation uh and also do you know there's some things aren't there like you know you you should vacuum you vacuum your carpet but you hoover it uh you know when brand names take over yes well, like, I, like a tannoy system exactly like a jet ski I'm proud to say that I now cornerstone my face. <laughs> As do I, JB. Yeah. Always. And, and me. So you can get that £10 off your first order offer. Like JB says, you can you can try it for basically no money. And if you like it, you carry on. If not, hey, what have you lost? You've got yourself a free engraved shaft. So cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers. Cornerstone.co.uk forward slash egg chasers. Brilliant, Tim. Quite brilliant. Great link, Tim. Great segue. Uh, do you know how segue is spelt? Um, no, I do know the uh, inventor of of the segue. Uh, basically, drove one off a cliff. Yeah, he died on a segue. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. segue. Although that might be something different. I'm not sure. Segway, the vehicle, is spelled S-E-G-W-A. Isn't there a U E in it somewhere, Phil? Yes, the radio parlance S E G U E is mm-hmm. a very strange. It's Italian, apparently. Cool very, story, very strange, bro. Uh, I think that's quite interesting. Not really, no. I guess you don't like spelling very much. Not so much. (laughs) Well, if if anyone follows our Twitter account, you'll realise JB (laughs) isn't a huge fan of spelling. Too angry, usually. (laughs) Too angry to spell. Oh, did you see some of the April Fools that people came up with in the rugby world? No. I saw the Uh, the, uh, Gilbert Balls one. Yeah, the Gilbert, like, twice the size or three times the size ball that they're saying was going to be used at Wembley for the Saracens-Quins match, or...? Uh, later this month. Nice, nice. There was also um, the video saying that Al- Al- <clears throat> Alistair Kellogg has been appointed as the referee for the Pro 12 final. After retiring <laughs> from playing, he was on a fast track training system, including vigorous eye assessment by spec savers. That's when I realised it was a... Well, no, I realised pretty early on that it was a joke, but... I'd have fallen for that one. Jay, there's a picture of Jack Berger holding the uh, proposed balls. Oh, wow. He, look, he looks <laughs> mighty fine there. They are enormous. <laughs> Rugby next week? Rugby next yeah. week. Yeah, let's do our predictions and then we, and, and then wrap it up, I think. I Yeah, I, yeah well, we'll do that. I, what I will say is I'll put it on our agenda for the future. And I know we've talked about it at least once in the past, but I think we should, having seen the rugby this weekend, I think we should put the global season and back on our agenda for discussion. We've talked about it many times before, but I just, I'm just i really enjoying the rugby this last couple of weeks. Yes. Yeah. I... yeah. Oh, here's, um, here's a great demonstration of what good conditions can do to rugby. Um, Jamie Roberts this, this week. Uh-oh. How many metres did he make? Three. Uh, Three times the amount of carries that, that, that he's had. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just get the uh, official, official stats, because it was... If anything shows exactly what um, what perfect weather or what better weather can do, it's Jamie Roberts ball carrying. He so he carried twelve times, and made twelve times twelve. So it should be thirty six. Thirty six. I'm going to say it's a little bit drier. He did thirty seven yards. <laughs> <laughs> ninety two meters. Wow. What? <laughs> ninety two meters. It was against Newcastle at home, uh, and they. Quinns did have a bit of a field day, um, but that's incredible. That's a good day's work. Yeah, that's a hell of a that's day's three work. good days work. JB, uh, did he score? Yeah, it is three days work. For, <laughs> it's th- three weeks worth of work for Jamie Roberts. Uh, and did he score? He didn't. Uh, Tim Visser scored a couple. Marlon Yard, Joe Merchant, Jack Clifford, and Joe Gray all got on the score. Wow, sounds like an absolute hammering. Uh, yeah. Hey, Phil. One other thing. Bob Bridal got in touch on Twitter at Rugby Podcast and said. Um, London Irish, uh, sorry, the halfback honeymoon is over, having just watched Greg Tonks miss a few kicks. Yes. Um, it's a very... Danny, Danny Cipriani again with a man of the match performance. Yeah, Sippers looks like he's got his head screwed back on. Uh, and it was a very brief honeymoon period for uh, Greg Tonks, just the one game. But we've got, we got a fortnight before we can talk up. So next week we'll make sure we give full 
um, in, as as is justified, full preview to London uh, Newcastle London Irish, which is a monstrously big game. Yes, I imagine, I imagine both sides will just be resting everyone up for the European weekend, but that's definitely not the case in the European Champions Cup, is it? Not at all. Just just before we do go on to the Champions Cup, I just want to mention something that was in the news. Uh, one of the most confusing uh, breaking stories I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie Cudmore has announced where he's going next season. Oh yes, this is confusing. So he's announced a four. So he's thirty eight. He's announced a four year deal with Oyana. Uh, of which he'll be a player coach for the first two years, and then after the after year two in year three. He suddenly becomes head coach, and it's with with from what I can gather, pretty much no experience of coaching. He's had wow. a t- tiny bit with Canada uh, previously, or a tiny bit in Canada previously. So that is an. Astonishing... Are you sure he's going to be head coach? That is that is what it is. Yeah, because it's going to be a. Re- I mean, he may as well be head coach from day one, right? Because those first two years, he can do what he wants because he knows he can fire the head coach in two years anyway. <laughs> you know, he is basically the head, the head man there. Yeah, so it's a stay of execution for the current coach uh, yeah. with his successor in the team. <laughs> it's... Yeah, it's a very... Uh, Jamie, uh, hit more rucks. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Show up the training on time. Uh, no. I can only imagine that uh, Jamie kind of enforced this contract on the, on the club and I've had the the president in a headlock or held up against I think yeah. it's the other way round I think it's uh, these French presidents don't really care so much for uh, for contracts they'll basically give you whatever you want and if they need to terminate it they'll terminate it look at the behaviour of Bougela and I can't say the other guy's name Le- Les is him the guy um, at Racing at Racing yeah very true I mean they, they'll happily bring you on uh, and then they will say... That yes, Jamie, like... you can be head coach in three years. Oh, yeah, you can be player coach if you want. Actually, all they want is him to play for two years. Exactly. Uh, look at the way uh, Quay Cooper's been treated in Toulon. He's been referred to as Mia Pate. Compared to foie gras. Exactly. Yes. So, uh, yeah, they will say anything to get you there. And once they're there, they've got enough money to do whatever they want with you. So, there, there you go. That's what I think... It's that's what I suspect has happened. Interesting. One to watch, for sure. Yes. But the rugby this week, so it's back to European... Yes. European rugby... Let's let, let's start with the Pro 12 teams. <laughs> <laughs> well, there there is actually a Pro 12 game. A re, uh, is this a rearranged fi- Not fixture? Not interested. Uh, Zebra, oh, host Glasgow Warriors. Brilliant. Um, but on Friday night, also Sale Sharks host Montpellier. Okay. Which I might actually go to that. Is this not Thursday night? You sure it's Friday? Uh, I've got it listed here on as Friday. Oh, no. no, it's Friday. You're right. Okay. Um, Montpellier, very, very powerful club, actually. Yeah, they're doing, they're going very well in the, uh, in the top fourteen. Uh, and is this, what is this? Semis, quarters, quarters. Right. So, it's hard what to... would you, what would you do if you were Sale Sharks? Because Sale Sharks are unbeaten at home, but it's all about top six for them, isn't it? Or yeah. do you think they try and go for European Cup? I think, by... they, I think they do both. Yeah, I think they. Um... I think they go for it. Yeah, I think they go for it. Montpellier are a very handy team as Harlequins found out a couple of times this season. God, they really did. Yeah. They really did. And uh, Montpellier put 60 points on Racing Metro this season as well. And they've got a big pack. So it's hard to see if Sale can sail their way to a, to a win. Although, no, no, that actually turned out to be a uh, a double joke there. No, I mean, like, can they can they do what Sale do? Scr- scrimmage hard. Oh, right. Forward, forward, not, not <laughs> Sale. That'd be terrible. Play like Sale to yeah, get a home win. Correct, yeah. Sail away. <laughs> Uh, well, Sale at home are a different beast, and French teams away are a different beast. So this, is, I think, it's interesting, really interesting. It is. I might might see if I can go to that game. Uh, yeah, I'll get you in, Phil. Ah, oh, cheers, Tim. Cheers, Tim. Uh, and then on Saturday, uh, we've got the other three European uh, Challenge Cup games. So Gloucester host Dragons. Did you say Gloucester win? Yeah, Grenoble. Gloucester win. Yeah, they rested up a load of players against Leicester. Yeah just to keep them fresh for this, because it's their only realistic chance of Champions Cup next season, is to win it. Okay. Grenoble host Connacht. Uh, Okay. Which I think Connacht might have a chance of winning that. Yeah. And then Quinns host London Irish, and you'd imagine that Irish will rest a few players. Oh, more than a few. Yes. It'll be an an academy team. So Jamie Roberts, if he plays, he might make uh, another 92 metres. Yeah, exactly. Uh, off, Off fewer than 30 carries, which would be his norm. (laughs) <laughs> um, then in the Champions Cup now we're talking thank 
Thank you, Phil. The real deal. It's an all-English Saturday. So Wasps host Exeter. Oh, I'm working that game. I'm oh, really excited. Tim, I'm jealous. I'm that... reporting at that game. I just the only disappointment is that I wasn't there for the Yellow Blazers this weekend. <laughs> Even oh, you you didn't get one. Me and Jay are wearing ours now. Yeah. Oh no. Um, I don't know which way this is going to go. I mean, uh, if it rains, give me Exeter. If it's dry, give me Wasps. Yeah, I can see that. What Wasps at home? Uh, Will they pack it out though? Oh, I think they'll. I think they'll do quite well. I think they'll do pretty well. Yeah, I think they'll get a, a decent turnout for that. So yeah, give me wasps at home. Just um, I think wasps at home. I was just that, that number eight pickup about sixty-five minutes into that game from Nathan Hughes with the kick. He and then he kicked it. Yeah, yeah. he is just a game. He's a match winner. So, but then I think big so, games like this. Thomas Waldrum scoring three tries from four yards combined. <laughs> true, true. Uh, I'm gonna say. Wasps as well. And then the other one should be a little easier to predict. Saracens host Northampton. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Saracens by maybe a big score. Yes. Saracens, definitely. So that means there must be an all-French Sunday. Uh, no, because there's five English teams and three French teams. What? So Leicester on Sunday. So they've got Stad, haven't they? Again? Oh, yeah. They host Stad for the third time this season. Great. Uh, they've already beaten them twice. And Stad, despite winning last year, are currently third from bottom in the top 14. They're what not... on earth goes on in that league? Is it in France, Phil? It's, it is, isn't it's... it? No, it's Welford Road. Oh, my word. So you have to say that is a Leicester cool. Tigers win. And then the top qualifying team, Racing Metro... Host the eighth, eighth qualifying team. Racing Club Toulonnais. Toulon. This is going to be monumental. Yes. Now, Quade, Quade Cooper inspired a Toulon victory last week. Yes. And uh, didn't Toulon, did they play Claremont today? So they've not really had an easy uh, easy lead into this. Uh, they're going to be battle-hardened, that's for sure. Uh, right, okay, so. Hmm. I like this because on Friday night, one thing I noticed about Bath Saracens is exactly the amount of animosity between the two teams. And I think this game is going to be like that, but notched up several notches. Yeah. I mean, I think it's... And also, like, you've got all the money flying around. You've got the the two competing presidents. This is going to be brilliant. You've got a load of Southern Hemisphere, like, players who are used to playing, like, rugby championship and tri-nations against each other. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say Toulon win this, but I don't. I have no idea. I, I really don't know. It was interesting to see that um, Dan Carter was rested for this. Dan Carter. Do you know? I saw a picture of him on Twitter at a. He was. He was at an English rugby club, one that uh, I predict all three of us have, have visited and played at. Broughton Park. No, not Broughton Park. Okay. Um. Um. Uh, and played at. We we've all played at this rugby ground. He was pictured there on Friday. Huh. Liverpool St Helens, <laughs> not very similar. Is it in the Preston? northwest then, Phil? It is in the northwest. Preston Liverpool St Helens. It it was Stockport Rugby Club. Why? No is way. It? Yeah, I've no idea why. I just saw this picture of him on Twitter saying. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Uh, great to be like great to be in Manchester, um, which isn't. Quite, That's not Manchester, it's not Dan. Ma- it's not Manchester. That's definitely not Manchester. But presumably, he either got the Eurostar and then uh, the the train up the Virgin Pendolino up to Manchester. Mind you, even even Stockport's like a, a massive night out compared to like Dunedin or somewhere. Well, I always <laughs> thought that New Zealand was a province of Australia, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, oh wow! Yeah, uh, and he didn't he didn't make it to the rugby dungeon. We're only down the road. I know. He should have let us know. Uh, next time, Dan. Next yeah. time. Next time. Next time, Dean. Uh, right. Well, I think that's it. Uh, are there Unless any... You've, any, any, either of you two got anything else to do? Are there any other games? Uh, oh, there's the full full uh, Super Rugby fixture, obviously. Um, any uh, okay? The only one thing I want to know then is who 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 do the Jags play, and then we can go home. Well, the Jags are going to lose because they're away at the Hurricanes, which means they're going to win. <laughs> they're, they're not going to win away at the, at the Hurricanes. Do you not, do you not think? No, they're going to lose gallantly whilst playing suicide rugby. Do you know what? Yes. They were so close to beating the Chiefs. It, it strikes me as exactly the sort of game they would win. Well, we'll see. Eight thirty-five on Saturday morning. We will find out. Fantastic. Damn right. Hey, good work, gents. Thank you very much, Tim. Yeah. Thank you very much for thank you very much for listening. And um, from London, signing out. Um, it's Tim. Nice one, JB. Thank you, uh, thank you, thank you, Tim. Um, <laughs> yes, I I can confirm there was audio recorded uh, in this podcast. Confirmation received from Philip. Excellent, <laughs> Phil. Um, at Rugby Podcast, uh, find us. Tell your mates. Leave us a review, and we'll see you next time in a bit, boys. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 